Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Well, hello, everyone. We're back in the book of Matthew, and we're jumping back in in verse in chapter 21. Um, we're taking in at uh, verse 18 now. So Jesus had been, um, uh, last time he's been, uh, he made a triumphal entry into Jerusalem. He cleansed the temple out, and uh, now um, he left uh after quite a ruckus had been uh, created there. And so uh, he, he went out to the city to Bethany and lodged there. So now verse 18, where we begin in the morning, he was returning to the city. He became hungry. So this is his second time to Jerusalem. And seeing a fig tree by the wayside, he went to it and found nothing on it but only leaves. And he said to it, may no fruit ever come from you again. And the fig tree withered at once. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How did the fig tree wither at once? And Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what has been done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, Be taken up and thrown into the sea, it will happen. And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. So, a couple of things are going on here. Jesus is giving them an illustration of how powerful faith is. But he's also giving an example of what this fig tree looks like. And uh, what does this fig tree represent? Well, as McGee teaches, and my study Bible also uh, talks about it, is um, he's showing the value of of a tree with no fruit and it's not a lot of value at all it's um no one benefits and so um mcgee was teaching that he's representing uh, the nation israel to this fig tree he's saying the nation has produced no fruit and um may no fruit ever come from you again. And so he's talking about like Israel under the old law. He's talking about the, the the chief priests and the scribes that they were talking about yesterday. 
um, the day before. Um, so he's making sort of a, a manifestation of this fig tree in how the nation has not borne any fruit at all under all of these man-made um, laws and regulations. And so... Um, So, yeah, whatever you you ask for in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. But you've got to have faith to start with. And so, faith in Him. And so, this is His message, and He's just showing what it's like with no faith in Him. Verse 23, And when He entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came by, or came up to Him, as he was teaching. Now, this is exactly the fig tree with no fruit, are these chief priests and elders. By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? So they're trying to trap him. And, uh, and he already knows that. He already knows their hearts. So Jesus answered them, I also will ask you one question. And if you tell me the answer, then I also will tell you by what authority I do these things. And uh, I read somewhere where it was customary in this time, if somebody asks you a really important question, you will give them the answer if they give you the answer of an important question. So he was kind of going... So what he did was not uncommon uh, to to the culture here. So he asked them the important question. Verse 25, the baptism of John, from where did it come? From heaven or from man? So he's turning the tables on them uh, because if, uh, if they say, well, it came from John, then Jesus could say, well, why don't you uh, believe, well, why didn't you acknowledge him, you know? And if he's saying if it came from man, he would be sort of discrediting John and uh, everybody in the area considered John um, from God a man from God, a prophet from God. So either way, they're going to look silly because they've not acknowledged John and uh, what he did um, in any way, in any way whatsoever. And they discussed it among themselves, saying, if we say from heaven, he will say to us, then why did you not believe him? But if we say from man... We are afraid of the crowd, for they all hold John was a prophet. So <clears throat> they can't, they're stumped by Jesus' question to them. And his question points out their own hypocrisy. His question points out their lack of faith. His question points out the lack of fruit. So if you have a lack of faith, you're going to have a lack of fruit. And I think. We've, we've talked about this in some earlier Bible studies. I uh, forget which one, but, but faith is sort of... Well, you know, when you look at a tree growing, you can see what's above the ground is the fruit. Well, what's below the ground are the roots, and that's faith. So it's really hard, you know, to see what's, what's faith is like, you know. You can really judge a person's faith by their fruit. That's their faith on display. So, 
you can claim to have a lot of faith, but all that's sort of like the roots of the tree. You can't really see it. So Jesus is making the point here about how important um, faith is to have, but also having fruit of your faith, right? So these, these folks didn't have any faith and they didn't have any fruit. And they were like the worthless fig tree that Jesus was talking about. He, probably, he knew these people were going to be there waiting for him. And he makes the point on the fig tree even before he gets there. Verse 27, so they answered Jesus, we do not know. In other words, they can't answer Jesus. And he said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. Okay, so he just put it right back on them. Verse 28, what do you think? So now he's laying it on again. He's probably teaching, but in a way where they could hear it. A man had two sons, and he went to the first and said, Son, go and work in the vineyard today. And when he answered, I will not. But afterwards, he changed his mind and went. And when he went to the other son and said the same, and he answered, I go, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? And they said the first. You know, that was the son that said, I'm not going to do it, but then later changed his mind and did it. So they said, yes, the first. Jesus said to them, Truly, I say to you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even when you saw it, you did not afterward change your mind, change your minds and, and believe him. So again, he's answering them, these chief priests and elders, with a parable. And he's showing them, even though he got them to answer which son did the will of the father the one that said initially i will not and changed his mind that's like the tax collectors and the and the prostitutes okay but the one who claims to be righteous to say oh i will go but didn't do it that's like they are they're claiming to follow god but they're not following god okay because what god is wanting is people to change their minds and believe when you change your mind that's repentance it's a, it's a parable about repentance and the fact that they didn't repent. Here another parable. So now he's laying it on them again. There was a master of a house who planted a vineyard and put a fence around it and dug a wine press in it and built a tower and leased it to tenants and went into another country. When the season for fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to get his fruit. And the tenants took his servants and beat one, and killed another, and stoned another. Again, he sent other servants, more than the first, and they did the same to them. Verse 37, Finally, he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and have his inheritance. And they took him, and threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. Now, Jesus is obviously talking about them. They're like the, the wicked 
um, servants here. And they're the wicked tenants. And they've been killing everybody. The messengers. But now they've got the son. The rightful heir. And they kill the son. So Jesus knows they're, they're going to try to kill him. And he's telling them he knows. And they took him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. Verse 40. When therefore the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? They said to him, He will put those wrenches to a miserable death and let out the vineyard to the other tenants who will give him fruits in their seasons. Jesus said to them, Have you never read the Scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. This is from Psalm 118, verse 22. So he's telling them, Have you even read the Scriptures? Because I am that rejected cornerstone that you're rejecting, but I'll be the cornerstone. It's like the sun that is coming back to the vineyard and you're rejecting the sun just like those I mean you've just convicted your own behavior in this parable verse 43 therefore I tell you the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people producing its fruits so in other words taken away from you meaning sort of like the nation Israel and given away to a different people like the Gentiles Who's going to produce more fruit than you are? Or it could sort of mean we're going to just take it away from this ruling class and give it to other people to produce fruit. And the one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces. And when it falls on anyone, it will crush him. So like McGee was teaching like when he says in verse 44, and when the and the one who falls on this stone will be broken. In other words, when you, when you fall on this cornerstone, you'll be broken. Jesus wants our brokenness, our repentance. Repentance means to change your mind or change your thinking and then to turn. So we all will be broken on this stone. And then when it falls on anyone, it will crush him. That's when he's coming in judgment. He will crush anyone in judgment. Verse 45, when the chiefs and the Pharisees heard his parables, they perceived that he was speaking about them. And although they were seeking to arrest him, they feared the crowds because they held him to be a prophet. The crowds didn't understand it, but the crowds could tell he was doing good work. He was doing the work of God. And these, it's amazing that these chief priests and Pharisees were completely blinded by their own pride. And they didn't have faith. They had faith in themselves, but not faith in the Word of God. Chapter 22. And again, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast. But they would not come. Again, he sent other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I've prepared my dinner. My oxen, my fat calves have already been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest's rest seized his servants, treating them shamefully, and killed them. 
The king was angry, and he sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go, therefore, to the main roads and invite the, to the wedding feast as many as you can find. And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to look at the guests, he saw there a man who had no wedding garment. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot and cast him into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Parable of the wedding feast. McGee says is probably one of the most famous parables in the whole Bible. Or that Jesus taught about. So, God invites all of us. And we have to accept that invitation. And if we don't, we've got our own agendas, don't we? But God's wedding invitation is open to all those who would consider themselves worthy. And who is worthy? Certainly not the wicked. Who is worthy? The ones who are clothed in the wedding garment. And what does that mean, that stand for? Well, my study Bible says that that wedding garment is righteousness. If you're clothed in righteousness, the righteousness of Christ. So that's like the kingdom of heaven. It's compared to a wonderful feast that we're all invited to. But those who are chosen to be at the feast are those who respond to the invitation, who repent, who change our minds and hearts and then turn our life around in righteousness. We're going to stop here and we'll continue our study in Matthew tomorrow. Tomorrow's Friday. So for me to all of you, God bless you. We'll see you next time and I'll turn the rest of the podcast over, if she's recording today, to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing what you've got to say today. God bless you all.